You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and we are proud to welcome back returning sponsor, Onares. Providing a powerful and flexible system for managing vacation rental properties, Onares provides booking and maintenance management, payment scheduling and collection, as well as insightful reporting. Onares will provide you with a long-term booking foundation that is scalable for your vacation rental business while fully managing your channel listings, but still focusing on your brand, your website, and your way of doing things. If you sign up now using the promotional code VRF30, that's VRF30, you can get 30% off your first three months. Make sure you listen in to the mid-episode break where you'll hear some great testimonials about Onares and more about this incredible company. For more information about Onares, click in the link in the description of this episode on your smart device. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Over the years, we employed numerous virtual assistants in our property management company, one of whom is still with that company after 10 years. Many, though, were not that successful, and we made a lot of mistakes in the hiring process, wasting so much time and money over all that time. Today, I'm joined by Rich Sipos from Extent Team, who's going to share with us the right way of taking the first steps, how to find the right person to hire and make them part of the team. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you once again. So I'm recording this in my basement of my house, where my studio is now, and it sort of reminds me that we started our property management company in the basement of a previous home. That was back in 2004, and it worked really, really well, and my husband and I worked opposite sides of the desk. You know, we could come up from the basement if we needed to have a little bit of separation time, make a cup of tea and take some time out. So it was really, really comfortable. And then in 2006, we hired our first full-time staff member and we had a great couple of years. I used to make lunch every day and we'd get cakes from the bakery and pop up to the kitchen and have our morning coffee with cake every couple of days. It was, it was just so nice. It was really nice and we enjoyed every minute of it. But a few years later, there were five of us in the very small basement and we had to make a decision. Should we rent a space or could we work from home? And, you know, I loved going downstairs to work, being able to make lunch in my own kitchen, pop outside with the dog every time she wanted to chase a ball. And the thought of having to drive to an office wasn't really on the charts. It just wasn't going to happen. So we took a leap of faith and went the work from home route. And our first hire, the one I've been talking about, she was with us from the very beginning, came on as our bookkeeper because neither my business partner nor myself liked to 
get really involved with the small detail on the ins and outs of, of money from the business. We were quite happy to do, uh, to, you know, to, to look at the outcome, but recording day-to-day data wasn't our thing and it wasn't as automated as it is now. So we hired a bookkeeper and who ultimately became our office manager. And she'd worked in a bank for 17 years before joining us. So this work from home was a completely new experience for her. She ran a dairy farm with her husband and she had three school-aged children. So it really meant some significant change for her to work in a home environment. And she had to make space for a desk and a computer. She had to tone down her husband and the farmhands when they came in for, for an early breakfast. Because I remember trying to have a phone meeting with her with raucous laughter and doors banging and dogs barking in the background. But it worked. We became a remote working company. And of course, that made the transition to working from home really easy when the pandemic struck. We'd been using Ring Central, we'd been using Zoom, and we'd just moved from Skype to Slack for internal communication, you know, come March of 2020. And while everybody else was struggling to get systems in place, we were just in business as usual mode. And our staff stayed with us, even when we sold the company. The office manager is still there after 15, 16 years or so. All of the wonderful people we hired are still there. Even the virtual assistant we hired from the Philippines 10 years ago, they're all still remotely working. But we made mistakes. We hired based on gut feelings or because we didn't have the time to, or we felt we didn't have the time to do deeper interviews. We hired the wrong people for the wrong jobs. And if I had my time over again, there's so many things we do differently. And first off, we'd talk to people who knew what they were doing and understood the remote working space, which is why today I'm talking to an expert in finding the best in remote talent. And that is Rich Sipos from Extent Team. And you know, I have so many questions to ask of Rich. So without further ado, let's go on over to the interview. So I am super happy to have with me today Rich Sipos from Extent Team, who's going to be the happy responder for all my many, many questions I have today. Welcome, Rich. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having having me on the show. I'm I'm really excited to to talk with you today. Oh, well, it's my pleasure to have you. So the first question I ask of everybody that comes on the show is, how did you get into this crazy business in the first place? What what brought you into vacation rentals? Yeah, so my wife and I moved to Park City, Utah, just after the Olympics that were there in early 2003. So we were at a it was at a point in Park City where things were changing pretty rapidly at that moment. We moved for the climate, for the mountains, for the skiing, left our positions and and came to to Utah. Uh, And I came as a software consultant. So I was a software consultant for the previous, I think, eight years. And then I became vice president of the homeowners board that we uh, were, were building a house in. And I had heard so many complaints about local companies not taking care of the homes, not taking care of the reservations correctly. And I thought to myself, if I don't try to do this, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So 
back in 2004, created a small business plan and officially launched in 2005. Um, the rest was kind of history after that. I ended up purchasing a cleaning company and growing that quite large too. So yeah, so I've been in, in, in the industry for about 20 years. So you were managing properties? Yeah, we, we, we had about 80 properties under management, both service related and rentals, about half and half. Yeah, so and, uh, and then the company was acquired in 2014. I love to hear from people who were there before Airbnb. <laughs> you know, there, there was life before Airbnb. There was life before Expedia. Definitely. I remember them calling me and, and thinking like, who is this? I, I don't know who this is whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> things have changed. I know. I remember talking to Matt Lando back in 2013 or 14, and we had and it's it's a podcast episode I like to keep completely under wraps. I don't share the number of it because it's that one episode that he and I were talking about this new company called Airbnb and saying it will never last. <laughs> <laughs> but of course it did. But anyway, so so now what's what's your role now? Yeah, so with Extend Team, after the company had started, I met Ari a couple of years back, uh, almost three years ago now, at, at a conference, or maybe actually just a little over two years ago. And I started to uh, be kind of the first true full-time sales person with Extend Team. Uh, I had a lot of connections in the industry. Things took off very quickly. Um, and then I quickly moved into head of sales last spring. Um, when we went, when we started to restructure the company, we became an EOS company, and then uh, you know things have really blossomed from there. That's interesting. I'm hearing EOS from everyone I speak to at the moment. It's this real buzzword. I'm reading the books. <laughs> reading. I mean, I've had traction in my library for a long time, but you know, out it comes. So I'm reading all the books, and uh, you know, now I can understand why it's become such a buzzword. So you haven't said what Extent Team actually does. So normally I'd leave this to the end, but it's so relevant to what we're talking about. Let's kick it off at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. We're a staffing as a service company. So we really, really provide an option for any size company, whether it's a shared service where we're doing 24-7 coverage for their guest services and reservations or full-time team members that are exclusive to their company handling remote positions, uh, really anything that can be done remotely within the business. And so we, we consult with uh, the property management companies and, and some other vendors in the space too, and find a solution for them that fits and craft that for them and, and hopefully have them as a lifetime customer. Yeah, this is great. I mean, I, I I also said in the introduction that we, you know, as a company, my company also started in 2004 went to 2020, well, last year, 21, 22. Gosh, <laughs> time is moving on. Um, we went to 2022 before we sold. But from 2000, around 2010, we were completely remote. We worked, we, we worked from home at the start. And then I, I didn't want to go back to an office ever again. I was working in my basement, but once we had five staff coming into the basement, that was it. I was not, uh, I had to get them out, but I wasn't going to go into an office. So we began, we, we rolled out a work from home plan and that was the way it, it went until I sold the business. It is still, everybody still works from their home, which is probably why we've, they have kept the employees who've been there for 15, 10, five, seven years. 
Amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the way uh, to go. Absolutely. Okay. So now we've got the background in place. I want to talk about this whole concept of remote working and uh, hiring remote workers, because I've had plenty of experience of doing this and very few of those experiences have been super positive. We've gone about a lot the wrong way. And that's, you know, a lot of these things I want to explore because I know if I was doing this all over again, I'd be doing it differently. So I'm going to be pulling on your experience to figure out how I would do it again if, if I was doing it again. <laughs> so let, let's kick off with, you know, the word that's been in our vocabulary for, for so long now, and that's pandemic. What's, what was the biggest issue that people, that property managers have had in staffing since the pandemic reduced its impact? Because I think a lot of companies laid people off and of course went into the work from home way of life, which of course was absolutely no transition for us at all, sure. but, but for the most it was. So what have companies faced since, in the, let's say in the last year, 18 months or so? Yeah, I mean, labor costs have just skyrocketed in every single market throughout the United States and some quite a bit more than others. But, you know, finding those highly qualified hires locally has become next to impossible, really. And when companies are trying to go through that process and having such a hard time or taking them very long to find the right person, and then finding the right person and then having them leave two weeks later causes the amount of frustration to have them think outside of the box. And some companies that haven't thought about remote work before are now starting to, to think that way, which uh, I think the pandemic has really changed that because uh, you can get highly qualified people if you look outside of your local area. And especially in our case, when we look globally, to find that talent, we're finding it in uh, you know quite a few places. So I think that's been the biggest thing is the labor costs, but also just the ability to find someone locally that has the experience that actually wants to work, mm -hmm. and you know that that would be affordable for the for the company to hire. Yes, e exactly. And it's interesting. I think we should touch on this. Um, you know, we're talking about remote workers, and I guess you know. 10, 15 years ago, they were virtual assistants. And it was just somebody you, you went through one of the online recruitment sites where maybe now it's Upwork. I can't remember what the different names were over the past because they, they seem to change their names all the time. New companies coming on all the time as well, right? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I remember it was, it was a challenge. We, we wanted to find a virtual assistant Eventually, we went to a company like yours, I guess, but that was way back 10 years ago and, and found what we were calling then a virtual assistant. And uh, she, she became a very loyal and hardworking and valuable member of the team over the 10 years. And she's still with them. That's fantastic. It, it, it is. And, but but we, as I said, we did make a lot of mistakes so there is an issue in staffing, and I want to go back a bit more to the beginning when somebody's out there looking to hire for the first time. And usually when they're hiring for the first time, they perhaps don't want somebody full-time. They want somebody part-time. So how does, how does a manager know when it's the right time for the, for the first hire? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I think it changes for different types of managers. 
uh, companies that have a great business plan plan for that hiring. And that's not as common as, uh, you know, as it is the other way around. But I say most property managers realize it's time to hire when like their free time starts to diminish. They're still taking phone calls at night, answering emails, answering all sorts of questions from guests, whether it be text, email, phone, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then they start to get frustrated with those things, right? I mean, they start to realize they're getting annoyed. They're not providing the best services to their guests, to their homeowners, and they need to make some sort of change. So they don't really quite know what they want. They just know that they need help. And, you know, it's nice that sometimes these people are now reaching out to extend teams saying like, we know that others have had a great experience finding that right person. Can you help us? Mm -hmm. And then we go through that whole process of figuring out what they actually need. But so I think that's the first thing they, they realize their time is starting to diminish. They don't want to work 20 hours a day anymore. They don't want to be up in the middle of the night answering a phone call that someone has a, a beeping smoke detector that's 20 feet off the ground, right? They want some, they, they, they need help. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that's a big part of it. But then other companies that have a plan, they have a plan for when, when it's time to hire. It's still knowing who that person is or what that position is or what that role could be. That's where we come in. We can help them craft those those ideas. So what roles are commonly, most commonly filled by remote and outsourced staff? Yeah, I think most common roles would be in the guest services area or reservations. Those are the two most common areas. Now, those roles vary widely. Someone could have a specific role for a reservationist. Fantastic. Some might have one for you know, guest messaging, uh, guest problems, great. But for the most part, I think that role is a combination of those two things, plus some, you know, administrative assistant type ad hoc projects and finding that kind of all around worker, to <laughs> put it bluntly, is difficult to find. But now we've done it a lot. We can hone in on exactly what those skills are how we can balance the, the type of skills for each company and then hire specific for the companies. So the roles are very specific per company, but I'd say the majority of the roles are a combination of all three of those, mm -hmm. those skill sets. Yeah, I know when, uh, when we first started looking remotely, my business partner and I put a value on our time. You know, what is our time worth per hour? Would we go out and do that job for somebody else for that amount of money. And that, that, that was quite the eye-opener because we found we were doing so many things that were worth very little and worth way, way less than we were worth. And once we'd done that, and a lot of those jobs, little jobs, were the ones that we quite enjoyed, you know, <laughs> posting on social media and, yeah. <laughs> and playing around with Canva and doing those things that were sort of fun, but were very time consuming. They were taking away from strategic planning. And that was yeah. the big thing. Once we looked at it and said, well, you know, they're fun, but it's even more fun to plan for the future. And... That was the start of our list. This is what we need to hire for. Definitely. What, what, some, what some managers start to realize, and it might take them a while, is that 
they have this idea in their mind that no one could do this as well as I could do this, right? <laughs> Nobody could do this at uh, the, the same level that uh, or the same passion that I'm putting into this right now. And that's a difficult thing to get over uh, if, if it is. I mean, we know many managers that are like that. And you, you have to explain to them, you know, the experiences that others have had with bringing in more experts in those fields that have done those things 50 times more than a particular manager would have done themselves. And then once you can, you know, uh, build that trust with them, you, they understand like, okay, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm not the most perfect person for that, for that spot. But it, it, it sometimes takes a bit of convincing, but once they have that great experience, uh, then, you know, things really start to push forward for them and they can hone in on the skills that are most important to the company, mm -hmm. uh, growing the company, uh, and that to see that happen is amazing. Yeah, well, you, you said something that really resonated with me. You probably saw me smile at it when you said, you know, a manager will think no one can do these things better than I yeah. can. Or, or, and the other thing was, you know, I don't have time to train someone to do the things that I do quite easily you know, little bits of data entry. And I thought, I don't have time to train somebody to do this. It's so simple. And, and I think that's quite, that, that's a common obstacle, I guess, as well. Great point, because I think when we have some initial discussions with property managers, most of them don't have a training plan in place. And what's great about hiring someone remotely and someone that's in that position day in and day out, doing those same things over and over, they can help develop the training process, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, you might not have that perfect training process right from the beginning, but you can have that remote worker train for that and, and develop the training process. Right? That's a huge part of, uh, of hiring that next person too. When someone else is needed for a different shift or a slightly different position, but still need to learn, you know, A, B, and C from the company. And that's going to be the same for every employee that comes on, amazing. And they can help develop that. Uh, and we've seen that with a lot of our partners. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's the first step? Let's say somebody's listening to this and they think, okay, I know I, the time has come. I've got to get somebody in. What is the first step for them? Yeah, I think the first step, especially for those types of companies, is to take a look internally, not only what they're doing, that they not only are annoyed with, but as a repetitive task that can be put off to somebody else, start to create a list like you did, and then also speak with their staff. Understanding you know, their staff on the ground, any of the maintenance personnel or housekeepers or anyone else that's working, say, as an inspector, or things that they can do that can also be taken off their plate so that they can focus on what's best for the company and best for them in their position to be the expert at that, taking that list and starting with that list. I think that is absolutely the first step. Most people don't do that. They get <laughs> to the point of, okay, now I'm frustrated. <laughs> what do I do now? And that's fine because we understand and we've done this before. We'll help them create that list, you know, go through that list, figure out what those tasks are, and then also get them an idea of developing some sort of training process for the next person that's coming on. Even if they start it from a very high level, they can at least get moving on it and then mm -hmm. you know get started as the person is hired. Those two things are the biggest things to start with. 
this is what I did when we, we found Hannah 10 years ago. And we'd had a couple of failed attempts at doing it ourselves. Just and, and I was, I'm just not very good at interviews because I go on gut feeling, speak to somebody, oh, she looks nice. I'm, I'm the sort of person who, when I'm looking for a realtor, I look at all the pictures on the websites and I'll go for the one that looks nicest and looks friendliest. So, you know, I, I was going for, this is a nice chatty person. I'll do a 10 minute interview and yes, you've got the job. And that was, that, that failed us more than once. So we ultimately went with, with, with a company that actually helped us find the right, that they, they had us write a job description, first of all. Now, is the job description different from this vague list? I'm, I'm assuming it is. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing that we tell each partner that we're working with is we'll help you craft the job description. If you don't have an exact one that you really want to use, we'll help you craft that job description. And it comes from the list. It comes from a discussion with the, with the staff to understand what they're looking for as well. And then we have tons of job descriptions that we've used in the past. We think about the exact type of role that they're looking for. If it's a mixture of multiple things, most likely we've created a job description that's similar to that. We can take a start from one of the ones that we already have, add in a lot of the nuances of that particular company, whether it's technology or skill set or you know type of person for that matter, and then put that together uh, very specific for that job. And then we hire for that position. And that also includes a schedule. So figuring out a schedule is very important because if, you know, if a company is looking to, to hire someone for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we need to understand those hours. Mm-hmm. The, the people that are applying for the position need to understand those hours because we want somebody that's willing to work those hours, able to work those hours. Uh, they know up front what that schedule is and we can hire for the right people right at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And that that's how we found somebody who was that enabled us to have emails answered right the way through the night. Nobody ever went really very long without getting an email answered because our remote worker was in the Philippines, still is, and was able to, you know, 12, 14 hours, I think, difference, uh, was able to deal with all that through the night. And then we either have early morning meetings or late night meetings for them. So, so that worked really, really well, but that's, that was really important. Also to know cultural differences. I'd love to have this discussion on, on cultural differences and I'm not sure if it fits in here, but you know, let's go for it. Um, <laughs> because, you know, you're hiring for the company culture as well as hiring for skills. So how does, so company culture is very different from somebody else's culture in another country. How does that all tie in? Yeah, amazing question. So we also use predictive index in our hiring process. So uh, talking with the staff that our team members are going to be working with, having them take the predictive index, having the candidates take the predictive index that we are hiring. It's so important to have a, a close match when you are hiring someone for a small company, especially, right? You're only (laughs) dealing with one or two people. It's a very tight group. It's a very small group. Communication is essential. So we wanna make sure that first hire that we have is going to match well 
with the staff that they're that they're talking to. And we found that to be the key so many times over and over and over. Um, that's helped us a lot. Culture, yeah, definitely. But when you talk about culture in the U.S. relative to Canada, relative to the Philippines or Mexico, there is differences in each one mm-hmm. for sure. We found amazing, amazing talent in both Mexico and the Philippines that is, you know, customer-facing skills are are excellent. Empathy with guests is, you know, off the charts. And just understanding the hospitality world and having a, a hospitable culture it has been great for both of those uh, both of those areas. So, so let's put this in perspective here, because we, you know, sometimes I see on Facebook groups and people are saying, you know, I've I heard from VRBO or I heard from Airbnb, and it was obviously somebody from another country. They know they know nothing about our culture and what happens here. How does that set apart from the person you hire for an individual company. Uh, give me a bit. Give me a bit of an example, <laughs> and then I can I, I can uh, well, well, dive you, into it a little bit further. Yeah. You, so, so you're saying that um, that they have this great empathy and customer focused and hospitality focus. Yet we hear on Facebook groups and people are talking about these the remote workers who are working for the the um, OTAs that perhaps do not have those skills. So what's the difference? Mm, good point. Yeah. We find people that have, you know, five-star hotel experience in both uh, the Philippines and in Mexico in customer-facing roles that deal with customers face-to-face in the past, deal with customers over the phone or via email that have that experience in those high-end hotels and in, in, in other high-end property management companies as well. Those are the people that we're finding that fit well with our mm-hmm. company and with our partners. They have that, you know, on the ground experience of being in front of a guest that might be upset or having a guest with a problem and then figuring out how to fix it. Having that real experience in that high end uh, world has been uh, amazing for us. So your predictive index, what's it actually looking for? Because I've heard of this. I'm not absolutely sure what it's uh, what it's testing for yeah so predictive index tests for a multitude of things really the way that you work in the in the workforce the way that you perceive yourself comes out to be a, a particular value and that shows uh well with sales positions or someone who is in a spot of uh, you know being in front of a customer is going to be completely different then you have you know the people like our founder who would show up as a maverick who is uh, really the leader and the the visionary of a company. So you have a, we find out a lot of a lot of things from those tests. If we find somebody that in you know, a sales position that's a, a persuader, let's say that's that's my predictive index. I think I'm just naturally a persuader. I don't try to be, but <laughs> if I believe in what I'm talking about, I think that's much easier. Um, so yeah, testing those types of things of how you perceive yourself, how others perceive you, or how you're perceived in a position, uh, and that's what it's looking for. So, so there's others out there like Culture Index, Dick's Disc, Myers Briggs, of yeah. course. Myers Briggs have been yeah. around for all very similar, decades. right? Yeah. I, using Disc Test for sales organizations was a common thing to do even ten years ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. so so there are there are plenty out there. 
We're going to take a short break just now to hear about our sponsor, Onares, directly from one of their clients. We'll be back to our interview in just a few moments. Hello there. My name is Jennifer Spencer. I own two vacation rental properties, Lone Wolf Chalet, located in the Canadian Rockies, and a property in Maui, the Blue Hula. I like to say we go from ski to see. I'm also the founder of The Host Approach, where my mission is to help vacation rental owners and managers with strategies, systems, and automation so they can increase bookings, improve the guest experience, and scale their business. I've been using OwnerRes to automate my vacation rental business for over five years. OwnerRes's comprehensive features such as channel management, guest communication, and third-party software integrations have made it my top recommendation for anyone looking to optimize the management of their properties while still delivering a great guest experience. One of the standout features of OwnerRes is the ability to automate your guest communication. Guest communication is one of the most important and time-consuming parts of running a vacation rental. With OwnerRes, you can ensure your guests receive everything they need when they need it, but without you spending hours and hours manually sending emails and messages. Within OwnerRes, you can write a variety of guest email and message templates and then set up a trigger function to send your messages at a specified time. The benefits to this auto Automation features include ensuring that your guests feel prepared for their stay, increasing the likelihood that they'll actually follow your house rules, the ability for you to generate some extra revenue with gap night promotional offers. And with all of this, you'll save so much time while delivering a seamless and positive guest experience. So there you have it. And I've only highlighted a few of the many features that make OwnerRes such a great system. So for these reasons and more, I highly recommend it to anyone managing a short-term rental who's looking to streamline their business and maximize their revenue potential. Well, that was a great testimonial. And now back to our interview. So let's move on to, okay, we've selected the people we're going to talk to. Um, How do you then interview them? Is there any tips you can give on interviewing and not going my my route, which was, oh, you look quite nice. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes that works for you. (laughs) But a lot of times it does not. And when it, and the first time it does not, then you really have to hone in on your interview skills. <laughs> you know, I, I think hiring from a different country, uh, the first thing that people think about is what is their capabilities with the English language, right? Mm-hmm. Written, verbal. That's a huge part of what we're looking for, too. Um, it's always a prerequisite that candidates have excellent verbal and written English skills. Some may need to know, you know, more than others, or some may need to have a more minimal accent for certain companies than others. All of this can be put into our interview process, into our job description. So first and foremost, I think that's a prerequisite. But then as we go through the process, we have a full recruitment team and a full HR team that handles all of our interviewing. And like anything else, it's trial and error as to what works and then how you hone in on that process. And by, uh, I can't say exactly how we're interviewing people because I'm not there for any (laughs) of those, you know, most of those interviews, but they know exactly what they're looking for in the types of people that we've placed that have been the most successful. So repeating those processes from being the most successful, that's what we're we're doing on a daily basis and learning from those. But yeah, so I, I can't, 
I can't tell you all the tips and things that we're using. I, I always remember I, I hated going for interviews back in my younger days and being asked those problem questions, you know, given a scenario, how would you react? And I just went completely blank. And <laughs> no idea. I'm sorry. But I still sort of managed to get the job. So yeah, some, some interview <laughs> questions, you know, have to be putting people on the spot to make them uncomfortable in a situation and see how they react. Yeah. And it might not be, you know, the exact answer that you're looking for. But you can understand by the way a person reacts to a situation and how they would react to a problem with a guest, how they would react to a problem with a homeowner, you know, how they would react to, you know, canceling a reservation when it's the day before uh, they're supposed to be arriving. All of those tough, difficult problems, um, you can get a lot from a, from a person by asking them completely off the wall question that they might not know about and how they would problem solve through the question. So. Yes, I, I had uh, we, we had one that, uh, that that we used over and over again, and it, it was a situation that had actually happened on a couple of occasions. You know, when a cleaner arrived at at a property to to do the changeover to find the guests still there, but thinking that they'd booked an extra day. And so what are you going to do? Because these people think they've paid for another day. They're not leaving on Saturday. They're leaving on Sunday. And you've got guests arriving in five hours time. So, uh, so that, that was, that was, I mean, I just used to get, have a lot of fun with, with the answers that we yeah, got. And, and that, that problem can escalate a lot further than you're, you're telling them that they have to leave in a few hours. Oh yes. So yes. There has to be a lot of thought process that goes through that answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I always found some of those questions were, were, were great for our emergency planning sessions. <laughs> And it's great because we've all been there too. I mean, I think that I, if anybody has been in the, this business for a long period of time, you've always run into one of those situations at some point. So yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, we we had situations with uh, guest turn, and, and of course, guests arrive a day early. Often, <laughs> you know, I thought I thought yes. my book my booking went from Friday to Friday, and no, it went from Saturday to Saturday. But I've just driven six hours. <laughs> So, so yeah, those are the sorts of questions that are really useful, actually, I think, to uh, for, particularly for issue facing staff. You know, those of you, th those of those who are going to be on the end of the phone when that guest calls or when that owner calls or when the housekeeper calls and says, we've got a problem. Yeah. And or, or now when when you get the text message that says <laughs> we've yeah. arrived, we're at the house, we can't get in. Yeah. And, well, you, you're only scheduled to arrive tomorrow. So. <laughs> yeah, what are we no, going to do? Text conversation. <laughs> yes. So we've we've now chosen our person, and we're very excited. What happens next? On and and that was something else that I always struggled a little bit. What happens when you get to that morning and they're they're there, and of course they're not there because this is remote. So I'm assuming you're going to say you need a plan. <laughs> You need to have somewhat of a plan. So we have a we have a partner success division of our company, and they walk our partners through uh, from the beginning of contract signing, through the interview process, through the onboarding process. Uh, they're there for our partners, letting them know what to expect, letting them know what comes next, giving them tips on what they need to prepare for, and then of course having a kickoff call with your new team member. Mm -hmm. um, so. 
that's a big part of it. You're finally meeting the person that you've now uh, that now will be a full time member of your team, and setting them up for all the systems that they need to get into, uh, communication between the team and how that will all uh, transpire. All of that is handled by you know, our workforce team and our partner success mm-hmm. division, and they walk our partners through all of those things. So it's it's important that they know upfront what to prepare for but also getting them connected to all the proper systems and realizing that communication is essential and especially communication from the beginning because the person's not sitting right next to them. They're not coming in and out of their office. They're not seeing them in and out of properties. Um, they're on you know, a, a Zoom video or you know, Google Meet or whatever else that they're using. So that's a huge part of it, understanding the communication with the team members is essential. Starting that early, really making them to be part of the team, integrating them into the systems and having them talk to the staff that they're going to be you know, talking with on a daily basis right from the beginning. That's the most important. Comfort, getting, getting anybody comfortable in a situation uh, leads to success. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Talking about communications, what do you recommend are the best communication platforms? I mean, we've, you've mentioned Zoom. Yeah, I mean, we find, uh, you know, phone systems are, are very common. There's four or five different phone systems that almost everyone uses. Mm-hmm. So connecting them to a phone line, if they're going to be taking telephone calls at, uh, at any period of time, you know, forwarding, making sure that that forwarded call gets to them properly, that they, that they have a clear sound back and forth and the guests could understand or, you know, the staff could understand uh, them speaking and they have a great connection, all important. Slack, uh, WhatsApp, any of the Google Google Spaces, et cetera, all of those things are used by all of our partners. So we're agnostic and we adapt to the systems that our partners are using. Sometimes we'll get asked for recommendations and we'll give some recommendations here or there, but ultimately a company has a preferred method that they're already using and we'd like to adapt into what they have. So almost, always that can happen yes we uh, we used when when we, when we first went remote and sent everybody to their homes there was no slack so we started with skype which uh, which worked pretty well communications but once slack came on the scene it was like you know game changer and now that you know with with, with all the little add-ons you can screen share you can have the huddles which is you know just you want to speak to somebody face to face and it's just a press of a button and they're there and it's exactly. just so handy that you could have that face-to-face conversation as easy as it would be just to walk into somebody else's office. So, uh, so certainly, and that's still the free version. Completely essential. Yeah, we were using the free version. Still using the free version, I believe. It's excellent. I mean, if you are, uh, say if you're a property manager and you are walking into a property and you have questions for the person that's, uh, you know, going to be checking that, you know, it, responsible for sending those check-in instructions to the next guest. And you need to speak to them right away. You can do that right on your phone, right there in the property. And our Extend Team team member is sitting there at their desk. They can connect to them instantly, you know, so it's like they're right next to them anyway. It's just a matter of getting used to that, uh, that type of communication. And once that's the case, it doesn't matter where that person's sitting. Mm-hmm. The the one thing that I was always very conscious of is is having our remote staff motivated 
and being part of a team. I mean, our, our team had been together a lot of years before we hired our first person remotely, and that, that was you know, in the Philippines. And we thought long and hard about, you know, how, how can you feel part of a team? We used to get together and have donuts and have fun in the office, and that person is not able to be a part of that. How, how can you motivate them? Really, I think it's it's very simple from the beginning, just like we talked about, having them feel a part of the team right from the beginning, having them as a part of team meetings, if they can be on different situations, as much as possible, having them be, you know, have a virtual donut meetup, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we do this now in our own company, where we do a lot of different virtual meets, meetups. We're talking with people from all around the world every single day. Uh, it becomes very commonplace to what we're doing, uh, whether we're eating in front of them or anything else. So as comfortable as you can be from the beginning, that's the key. And then also having KPIs for uh, a particular set of skills, right, that they're coming in for. Um, Having someone work towards a goal Mm -hmm. is always motivation. So having KPIs to start with from the beginning, even if they're simple, even if they're really attainable, doesn't matter having that set of goals for someone to come into uh, really motivates anyone. And then keep the goals uh, more challenging. Everybody loves to be challenged. And so keeping those challenging goals up and having them work towards those things is, is very motivational. And it also makes you develop communication, right? If someone's not hitting the goals or someone is close to them, coaching them, talking to them, walking through different situations on how to be better Uh, when you're doing whatever part of that job it is and having that having that motivation with KPIs is is the key that is great Rich this is this has all been incredibly useful and I hope that anybody out there who is thinking now that you know this is the time that um, that you've taken something away from this and you can take a, a next step now but if they wanted to get in touch with you just give us a little you did at the beginning a little bit more background on Extent Team and the process that somebody would go through if they decided, no, I don't want to do this by myself. Uh, I, want, I don't want to make the mistakes. Right. So the first thing is we would figure out what, what product fits best for them, right? If it's a small company and they have 10 units and they're just getting started and they really need help with 24-7 coverage, we have a product for that. It's called Tailwind. 24-7 coverage for guest services, for reservations, we can take care of them as they grow their business. Then they can grow into our main product, which is full-time team members exclusively for property management companies. So once we would come up with the proper job description and schedule, we would start to place that job ad immediately as soon as the contract is, is signed. And then it takes about two weeks for us to go through all of the interview process for the majority of our positions that we're hiring for. And at the end of those two-week period, they would have a kickoff call with their new team member, and then we would expect them to start with training with their company shortly after that. Ultimately, the process takes about three weeks' time, uh, and they have somebody in front of them uh, ready to go. Now, we, with specialized positions like revenue management, marketing coordination, outbound sales, Those might take a little bit longer. We get the partner involved in the final interview process for those types of positions because it's a a very personal choice when it comes Mm -hmm. down to something very specific. 
uh, and we want that choice to be made by our partners. We help them through the end of that end of that process, and then that takes a bit more time. It probably takes another week or two, so about four to five weeks when it comes to to hiring something very specific like a revenue management position. That is great. Sounds like you have, you know, a product to fit just about everybody's needs. And uh, I will make sure that the information on Extent Team is in the show notes so that uh, you can go in there and check them out, go and check the website out and perhaps get in touch with Rich and uh, explore your needs. So thank you. Yeah, amazing. We're we're at many of the shows, of course. Um, We'll definitely be at uh, Verma International. If we're not at a show, you can reach us definitely directly through our website or through me. Uh, we'd be more than happy to talk talk through any sort of staffing needs with you. That is great. Thanks so much, Rich, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Yeah, thanks for having me again, and uh, good to see you. Well, that was a great conversation. Thank you, Rich Sipos from Extent Team. I had not mentioned while I was talking to Rich that we have another great person on our team that joined us a couple of months ago. And somehow we made such a right move when we interviewed Carolina and brought her on board. Carolina will be looking at the transcript of this before it goes out because she does the social media for it. But I guess social media manager or yes, she is the one that puts out all the TikTok videos and YouTube videos, all these things and and post on Instagram all these things that I would have loved to have learnt. You've, you've, if you've been listening to the podcast over the years, you've heard me say so many times that I wanted to learn how to use Instagram. And I've wasted countless hours on courses and tutorials and watching YouTube videos. And I still haven't got the grips with it. And I really don't have to. And now we have Carolina, who is truly exceptional at at what she does. And we love having her in the team. Things have become uh, a lot easier. And uh, Carolina is over on the other side of the world too. But we had a great, we had a great team meeting first thing this morning. It was her last thing at night. And it just felt like we were all sitting in an office together. Um, And that's the way it should be. So yeah, thanks once again, Rich, for bringing the whole topic of remote workforce to us, because I think this is, you know, it's a direction we may have, you may have to go in if you're not able to find uh, people local to your business or your office to take the jobs that you have available. So now we are on the other side of the 500th episode and we are motoring on to a thousand now. We also have our new website launched. Would love it if you would go over to vacationrentalformula.com, take a look. There is a mass of content on there. It really is. The the, the site now is like a masterclass in vacation rentals. And if you click on the learn button at the top, And you'll have all these different sections you could go into if you want to learn about marketing, if you want to learn about operations or preparing a property for rental or doing research or hiring staff. You'll be able to go in there and not so much a really in-depth 
look, but long, long guides on how to do this stuff. Because I don't, I don't think there's much out there that really gives you the quality of knowledge that can come from people who've been in the industry a long, long time. And I've learned a lot. And a lot of what's in there has come from all these fantastic people who've been on the podcast over the last nine years. You know, I've learned a ton of stuff from them and have talked to them outside of the podcast as well, because they'll say something in an interview and I think that was really interesting. I'm going to go back and ask them more. And it just adds to my store of knowledge, which I then share with you. So I'd love it if you would go over to vacationrentalformula.com, sign up for our newsletter, which is brand new as well. There's a few newsletters I read that I think are absolutely wonderful. I open them every time. One is Matt Landau's, then there is um, Rental Scale Up, another brilliant newsletter. The third one outside of the industry is from Anne Handley, the author of Everybody Writes. And I wanted to model our new newsletter on some of these to make it incredibly interesting, readable, and one that you will look forward to coming in your inbox every week. So if you haven't yet signed up for our newsletter, I'd really encourage you to go there. The other thing I'd love you to do is to join us in the Facebook group, The Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management. The link will be on the show notes. If you're not in there, it's a terrific group where owners, managers, vendors, they're all in there helping everybody out and uh, and we'd love to have you there. So that's it for another week. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, as ever, being with you. And I will look forward to the next time around. This episode was brought to you by the kind returning sponsorship of Onares. Don't forget, if you sign up, use the promotional code VRF30. That's VRF30 to get 30% off your first three months of usage of Onares, which is an internationally recognized leader in vacation rental software. And you can click the link in the description of this episode on your smart device or head over to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash Onares to find out more. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.